Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Janine Deacon. Janine is Executive Dean of the Faculty of Science and Technology at the University of Canberra in Australia. Welcome to the podcast, Janine. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. So first of all, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about what you do as Executive Dean um, and maybe a little bit about the faculties you head up and, and, and about the University of Canberra, because there may be people listening outside of Australia. Well, I know there are many outside of Australia who, uh, you know, may not be familiar with, uh, with, uh, with your university as well. So it's great to give everyone a bit of, a bit of an overview. Okay, sure. So I might start with what I do. So being the Executive Dean of the Faculty of Science and Technology, I'm responsible for pretty much everything from the teaching program and making sure that our courses are accredited and that we're meeting all the higher education standards. Um, I'm responsible for all the staff and uh, making sure that they're they're getting the development they need um, and, you know, just things are, are going smoothly for them. I'm responsible for overseeing the research that we do. So uh, in the Faculty of Science and Technology, we don't have just teaching, we do do research as well. And it's making sure that, you know, our staff have all the, the resources they need to do that research well, and that we're making the right connections with industry, because it's important that our research is applicable to to the outside world not just something that we're doing in within a university but you know has applications um, beyond the university Um, so our faculty has two sides to it so we have two schools we have the science school and the um, school of information technology and systems and that makes up the faculty of science and technology and in science we have particular strengths in environmental science and we have research institute um, that's a, around applied ecology. And we also have a research group that's doing biomedical research. So they're kind of our two areas of main strength in science. And our courses sort of match our research strengths as well. So we have courses in medical science, biomedical science and environmental science. And then on the technology side, we have um, a research group that's looking at human-centred technology, so how humans interact with technology. And that could be anything from um, robotics for rehabilitation, or it could be um, picking up on um, micro expressions from, you know, picking up sort of depression, looking at the micro expressions of a person. So doing a little bit of filming and seeing how their expressions might um, display depression. Uh, And we also have a group that's emerging looking at digital inequalities um, and how we can sort of have an impact in that that, um, sort of social change around digital inequalities. 
So there are certain, certainly populations around the world who have that inequality. Um, they're not exposed to the sort of the same digital infrastructure that we have here in Australia. Um, Fantastic. And we also have a group, sorry? Yeah. Yeah, and I was just saying that's brilliant. It's great and to get an overview. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, and so then we have um, our courses are sort of matching what we do in the research. So we have, you know, degrees in data science and, um, you know, sort of engineering and how, you know, we can become sort of network and software engineers from the engineering side. So, uh, and general sort of information technology. So that's kind of where we are at. And then with the University of Canberra, um, we have an impressive title at the moment as the fastest um, rising university in Australia, as far as wow. the world rankings go. So we're doing really well. Yeah, and it's exciting because it's uh, a young university, um, and you know we're we're doing quite well um, and really pushing some boundaries with our research and you know coming up to speed there. Wonderful. Uh, great to learn that about the University of Canberra and uh, great to start the podcast by encouraging people, uh, listeners from all around the world to check out the University of Canberra and uh, specifically the faculties you head up as well. So thank you for that overview. Let's chat about Janine. I love hearing people's stories. And um, for you, Janine, as you look back at your childhood uh, and, and, you know, growing up, are there any moments from that season of your life that stand out to you? as moments that really shaped you becoming the leader and, and the person you are today? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think for me, I was always, as a child, I was one of those people that people always came to with their problems. So I was always a great listener. And I think that's important in leadership to be a listener. And I remember in kindergarten, um, I was kind of the person that was almost like a counsellor even though I was, you know, only five years old, um, all the other kids would, if they had a problem, would come to me. And I think that's really shaped who I am now. So it's the same situation. I have my staff or students come to me. And sometimes it's just as a sounding board. They just need to, to offload. Um, and and that's fine. So I think that's part of being a leader is is really developing those listening skills. Yeah, that's so true. And I identify that as well. Uh, I identify with that. Sorry. I remember for myself feeling, you know, like a little bit of an old soul um, at different points and, and um, which was uncomfortable. I remember one memory for me, which stands out, which is so, it's so strange how clearly this one memory stands out for me. But I, I remember being down playing, uh, playing soccer down the road at, at a club that I used to play at. And I was probably, how old was I? Maybe... 14, uh, 13, 14. And I remember we were just doing a couple of laps across and back. And I remember looking at the other guys on my team and just thinking, man, why, um, why am I like so serious or the way I think about things I feel is so different. Like there was just a bit of a, there was something of a wavelength with these other guys that, um, at that time I thought of as a disconnect, but I've since realized, um, which is where I identify with what you said feeling like um, people can come and, and have a chat to me similarly to what you said where they can bounce things off me and, and I've realized so much so that that's really now what I do 
uh, for, you know, with my life is working with clarity and actually being a sounding board for people. But I remember that moment. I remember looking around and going, huh, there's something, I feel like there's something different about me, which at the time I was very uncomfortable with. But now as I've uh, grown into it, I realize I think it's that perspective. I don't know if that resonates with you at all or, you know, it doesn't have to. That might just be um, a bit of a difference in in how Mm. I saw it when I was growing up. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I was always, mum always instilled in us that it was okay to be different and okay to be an individual. And so I think that's something that I always um, have you know, come back to, that it was okay to be different. So I think I recognise that I was and I, I just embraced it. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Well, that's a really rich life lesson to learn um, when you're young. Thank you for sharing that. So as, as time uh, progressed... When did you, let's start with the field that is your specialty. And I guess I would love to know how you, you know, became passionate about that area before you probably thought about leading people. I'm guessing there was a passion for, mm. uh, which you can speak to about some of the things that you're most passionate about that started you on your journey. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Where did that passion come from? And, and tell us a bit about the area that I guess is your specialty before we talk about leadership. Yeah, so again, it starts when I was about six years old. I went for a blood test and I was just fascinated by what they were going to do with the blood and what they could tell from it. So I sparked an interest in science from that that time um, and it kind of carried on. So I then remember in third grade doing an assignment on Australian animals and I absolutely loved doing that project. I still, it's so memorable to me. I remember what I learned about the koala and the kangaroo and I think I kept that project and I think I probably if I went back to mum and dad still find it in the cupboard um, there so it's that's how memorable it was for me. So what I've ended up studying is um, basically wildlife genomics so looking at their DNA and um, you know it's kind of morphed over time so I've studied different species studied sort of different aspects of their um, genetics. But one of the one, the areas I'm really passionate about is the Tassie devil and the facial tumour that they, they suffer from. Um, so I really enjoyed working on that, that issue because it feels like I have an impact. Um, so what I can learn can be passed on to potentially saving the devil from extinction. Um, so yeah, my, my interest really and passion really grew th- from when I was, you know, um, in third grade and that assignment. Um, and I've just always loved working on Australian mammals. What a fantastic uh, thing to, to work on in your career. And there might be people outside of Australia who've never heard of the uh, the Tassie Devil and, and I'd encourage them to, to Google it and uh, yeah, and find out about um, and some of the incredible work that, that you're doing and you have done uh, around that. So. When it comes to leadership, do you remember when was your first real opportunity as a leader? It might have been still when you were you know, young or it might have been a bit older when you had your first project that you really led or you had your first group of people that you were responsible for managing. Uh, what comes to mind? Uh, it would be when I was working at KFC and I was actually named a team leader and I guess that's because the managers at the time sort of recognised uh, that ability to bring a team together. Um, and it's nothing, I certainly never 
sought leadership roles. They just always sort of came to me. Um, but yeah, I think it was when I was working at KFC, you know, when I was a, you know, 16, 17 year old, that, that sort of started. <laughs> That's so good. And, you know, I love hearing these stories I've had, I can't remember who it was. I had someone else on and we were talking about the lessons we learn when, you know, for me, my first job was, um, as a 14 year old, well, I had two sort of first jobs. One of them was as a soccer referee, which was a wonderful, uh, challenge. Uh, anyone who listens to all the episodes knows how much I love soccer, but, um, also refereeing and being responsible for, you know, initially with under 12s, um, at these kids who are only a couple of years younger than me and, and, uh, learning, um, to manage that responsibility and, and getting paid to referee soccer games. But then I worked in retail uh, at uh, Amart All Sports, and as Australians might uh, be familiar with, that I think has now merged with Rebel Sports. So um, it's amazing what we learned. But what did you learn at KFC? Are there any lessons that have really stuck with you from your time there when you when you first had your chance as a leader? Yeah, and I think it's, it's sort of leading... Um, for me at that stage, because I was the, a team member as well as being named this team leader, it was recognising that I was part of that team um, and to really try and lift everyone up. So helping each other out was really important. Um, and I always had people who were willing to go that extra mile because I was willing to go that extra mile for them. Um, and I think that's a really important thing is that a leader is not someone who tells people what to do, but is trying to bring out the best in people. Yeah, that's so good. It's not someone who tells people what to do, but tries to bring out the best in them. I think so much of good leadership is actually summed up in that, in that phrase. That's, uh, that's really profound. Hmm. It's, so it's how it? I do leadership. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. I think, um, investing in people is that and I think that's where the most that's where for me anyway the richest experiences have happened in my life has been when I've invested in a person you know uh, the work is is uh, that we do as leaders in terms of our work whatever that is is important but wow it's so there's nothing like really seeing someone that you've invested your time and energy um, and finances for those leaders who are you know putting someone on a team and um, you know uh, pay, paying a wage to actually invest in that person is such a wonderful experience. Very life-giving. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, so when it comes to your career, what about aha moments? As you look back so far, are there any moments that come to mind that were turning points or aha moments or the penny dropped for you when it comes to leadership? Something really stuck with you something happened that just you know you've never forgotten what, what comes to mind yeah so i think there's been a couple of moments so one of those was um when i i won a a, a fellowship it was quite a prestigious fellowship and my director at the time who i had very little to do with um because i was sort of you know low on the totem pole um, he came around personally to congratulate me and that had such a, an impact on me. And I thought that is true leadership. It's showing that interest in people, showing that they're valued. Um, and I thought that's, that's the type of leader. If I was ever to be a leader, that's the type of leader I want to be. 
and I always felt after that that moment that I wasn't just a number I was an actual member of of that faculty I counted um, and yeah it was just a, a really eye-opening moment for me that you know I've seen so many examples of bad leaders and that was an example of a really good leader yeah that's um that's such a that's such a wonderful story and it's it's great because I always like to stop in these moments and remind listeners that you're remembering this however many years down the track and what was involved was it a you know an essay that was a handwritten essay no it was literally just taking the time to to pop in and and, and actually physically come and congratulate you on something and the, the encouragement for all of us is that that's something any of us can do and I, I always love it when something that simple has such a profound impact on, on someone like Eugene. Mm, and it's something that I do now. I, you know, people have some good news. I, I try and go around to see them and, you know, it's a little bit hard sometimes now that we're sort of got this hybrid model of working and, and people are remote, so I, I'll send them a message. But I make sure that they know that they are valued and I'm, I'm there, I'm, I'm noticing. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, you mentioned uh, that, you know, you how you learned from that leader. Are there any other people over, you know, through your life who you think, yeah, they've been, they've had a really significant positive impact on your leadership as, as mentors or as great leaders or anyone else in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was actually an emerging leaders course that I did here at the University of Canberra. And they had... Um, most of the senior group of leaders in the university come and sort of tell their stories. And there was one in particular who um, whose story really resonated with me. And some of the things she said about leadership were eye-opening to me because, you know, I hadn't thought of, you know, that particularly that you didn't need to know how to do everything before stepping into that leadership role and that you have to have some faith that you'll be able to pick it up on the job. And I thought, wow, I mean, I had, you know, just thought that, you know, if you wanted to be that sort of leader in the university, you'd have to have the experience. But you, how do you gain that experience, you know? And so that was a real eye for me. And it made me sort of step out of my comfort zone and think, okay, I can take on roles that I probably wouldn't put my hand up for or would avoid because I felt like I didn't have the experience. So that really had a really good impact on me. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Do you remember any anything else that uh, from that course that any quotes that came out of that, any sort of thoughts that have really helped you since? Yeah, that a, a leader has to have. You're not leading unless you have followers, um, because I think there's there's quite a few people who want to be a leader. Um, but they have no one following them, so they're not they're not a leader at all. Um, uh, mm. So yeah, that was one thing that she said that really stuck with me as well. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's wonderful and such a good thought. I can't remember um, the quote that, uh, but there's a, there's a quote around that around you know you need to check that people are following you, otherwise you're you're not a leader. You're just a person going for a walk, <laughs> something like that, which mm. which is always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which has always um, stuck with me as a really great uh, sort of phrase, uh, you know, around the importance of actually checking to see are, are people actually following. Mm. Yeah, it was a really interesting course because at the same time we had 
someone else speak about their experience and it it was all about them it wasn't actually about how to be a leader and I thought well that's to me that's an example of a poor leader versus someone who really is a leader mm, yeah. um, so it really came through in that that course it was really interesting yeah one of my favorite quotes someone said on this podcast to me is the difference between a leader and a manager is that when you walk out of a manager's office, you think, wow, they're the smartest person in the world. But when you walk out of a leader's office, you think, wow, I'm the smartest person in the world. Like there's a sense that when you when you speak with a, a when someone's not necessarily, and they're saying a differentiation between leadership and management, which people can agree or, or disagree on. But the idea is that if you want to be a great leader, people shouldn't be amazed at how great you are and how smart you are. They should spend time with mm. you and walk away encouraged, empowered, going, I can do this and and really thinking, seeing their own strengths. And uh, I hear a little bit of that in that story that you mentioned that when someone comes and it's all about them and how great they are in some sense, it doesn't ring true as, as, uh, as great leadership. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things though in academia, I think, um, most of what we do it's you know applying for grants it's sort of promoting our egos and i think sometimes people end up in those leadership positions and they're used to being it being all about them because they're used to having to sell themselves in in grant applications and so i think that's the distinction you have some people that in academia that end up in in leadership because it's it's about them um, but then you end up with some of the true leaders as well and they're often the people mm. you don't hear about. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. Um, so let's jump into Leadership Express. It's been great to get to know a little bit of your story. I've got a few questions here, which I'd love to ask you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, what's a book? It doesn't have to be about leadership. It could be uh, about anything. Uh, but what's a book that you've gifted to other people? Uh, Dare to Lead by, um, oh, I've forgotten her name now. Um, <laughs> Brene Brown. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a rule of podcast that as soon as you're on a podcast, actually, I have this uh, rule that every now and then I ask people for a quote, you know, their favorite quote. And I, I, I have this theory that as soon as you ask someone for their favorite quote, all quotes leave the brain in that moment because it's like, as soon, you know, if you think about yes. it, what's my favorite quote? It's like all of a sudden, I say so many, there's so many different things I love, but in that moment, they all disappear out of your brain. So um, that's funny. Yeah, Dare mm. to Lead, wonderful book. And uh, how good is Brene Brown? Yeah, excellent. Uh, what about right now? Are you in the middle of any books that you're loving? Are there any podcasts you're enjoying listening to or, or blogs you're following? Um, I am sort of uh, listening to the podcast by Patrick Lencioni. Um, I think they're called Around the Table or something like something something around the table. Um, yes. And I just find they're just short and they're really they're really valuable. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. Um, he's one of my he's probably my favorite leadership author of all time and great podcast. And yeah, you're right, very uh, very relaxed, uh, sitting around a table, short, sharp, and really helpful and practical. Um, so people should definitely check it out. Mm. Is it, is, it might be at the table. Um, at the table. At the table, yes. You're I right. think that's it. Um, yeah. He also has a great podcast about his working genius. 
assessment. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of um, of those episodes, but it's the same group that sit around. It's slightly maybe a couple of different people, and they talk all about their assessment called Working Genius. And um, uh, there's a whole episode on that on at the table. But the Working Genius is about how we get work done. So that's another great Lencioni. Um, podcast if, if people are, are keen to find something new to, to listen to can't I can't recommend it highly enough it's it's fantastic mm. what's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of Janine oh um, I would say it's around communication um, and that people communicate differently and it's making sure you you sort of tailor how you're communicating to how they you know their personality um i just had a a meeting today in fact where we talked about communication um, and it was making sure that the entire team was on the same page um, because communication is so important Um, there is no leadership without that really clear communication yeah i love that it's so true i feel like communication nearly like it's it's probably not quite this simple but nearly any problem either stems from or maybe both <laughs> stems from a lack or, or miscommunication mm. and can be solved partially or even sometimes completely by improvement and good communication like i i just see it so often in leadership so i i love that uh, that thought What about, okay, here's another question. What's a great piece of advice you've received? Could be about leadership, could be just about something different or just life. What's a great piece of advice you've received? That you create your own opportunities. And that's the piece of advice my dad gave me um, when I was a teenager and um, looking for my first job. And he said, you will just go and, and knock on people's doors, turn up, front up create that opportunity, don't wait for a job to be advertised. And when I look back, that's pretty much how I've managed to get most of the positions I have is through um, basically creating that opportunity. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. I I really love that. Uh, What's a big struggle or problem leaders in higher education are facing today? I think that's around workload of our academics. I think, you know, particularly coming out of COVID, so much has changed. Um, The delivery of how we teach has changed. And so our poor academics are having to adapt to a whole new world. And a lot of that is online delivery, um, which they haven't been trained for. But at the same time, they're trying to keep up their research. And it's really sort of trying to manage people's workloads. So that's the real challenge as a leader at the moment is trying to balance that workload and make sure our staff don't burn out. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that that would be a a big challenge. Um, What have you found, uh, you know, do you have any tips for people about how to find and keep great talent, how to find and keep great people? Mm, Finding and keeping great people. It's, I, I tend to think that the, the best people you sort of see at work and you nurture them and um, you, you invest in them. So um, I, I know at the moment I have some young, rising, um, early career researchers who 
I'm making sure they, they're getting the mentoring they need, the professional development they need to succeed. And I think if they see that you're investing in them, um, they, they'll work all the harder. They will, you know, rise to the, the challenges that come and do their best work. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think investing in them, and, and you mentioned some great things there. Uh, what's a commonly held belief in, uh, say, let's pick science? What's a commonly held belief in in science that you passionately disagree with? Maybe science academia. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think part of it is that you know what I talked about before is that ego. And that you sort of need to have that ego to to get ahead. Um, as I said, you know, a lot of what we do, it's around selling yourself um, and saying how great you are. But I think you can do that without the ego. Um, and I would love to get to that point where people don't think of academia and they, they immediately think of that ego. Um, and it's something <laughs> that, you know, I'm trying to, to instill in my faculty um, that it's not about how big you are in your ego, but, you know, how, how you display the values that we have in our faculty, which are respect, um, integrity, collaboration, and our people. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thought. I think, um, yeah, it's really, and what a great goal. I, I know there'll be a lot of, uh, there'll be a lot of other people in your faculty and across the world in higher education cheering you on and, and joining with you in that path. And it comes back to Brene Brown, doesn't it? The, the vulnerability piece and humility is so key, not only to great leadership, but I think doing really great work. If we want to achieve some really amazing things, we, we do it better together by being vulnerable and, and having the humility mm. to learn from one another and teachability as well. That's exactly right. Since I mentioned the quote question, let me see if this happens to you, see if they all uh, go straight out of your brain. Do you have any favorite quotes? They don't have to be leadership. They could be life. They could be um, science. They could be any, any, any favorite quotes that you, that you uh, sort of uh, uh, are close to your heart. Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good one. I, I love that one. Um, and what about mm. any any movies or TV shows that really impacted you? I have to say The Blind Side. Um, I just loved that story um, of, you know, the, the character that Sandra Bullock played and how she, she really understood, um, you know, her, her son, her adopted son, um, and his position on that football team she was the one that sort of knew understood where he was coming from and put him in the right position um, and I think that's so important that we do understand people and not just judge them based on what we think from looking at them but um, really dive down and, and see what they are as a person yeah that's such a wonderful movie and Sandra Bullock's so fantastic in that and it's a, it's a wonderful story mm. um, last question if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Uh, I would say to be yourself, not try to, to be someone else. Um, you know, it, I think it's easy when you're a, a leader to see other leaders and think, oh, I'm going to be like that. But if it's not true to yourself, you're not going to be a very good leader.
Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, for those who have really enjoyed hearing a bit of your story and getting to know you a bit, Janine, where can people find you online and also find out about uh, the faculties you lead about the University of Canberra? So I'm on LinkedIn and um, we also have the University of Canberra website. So, um, you know, just look up the Faculty of Science and Technology at the University of Canberra and I'll pop up there. Brilliant. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. It's been wonderful to uh, to hear some of Janine's story. Don't forget for our listeners, I also have the John O. White Leadership Podcast and Leadership Question of the Day Podcast, two places you can continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Janine, for being so generous with your time, for sharing uh, wonderful stories from your career so far and some wonderful leadership uh, principles in there as well. It's, it's been uh, it's been really wonderful to spend time with you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review 
and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, Jono White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself, and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.